Heavenly Father, we worship you. We thank you because you are Alpha and you are Omega. There is nothing that happens between the beginning of time to the end of time that is that is above your knowledge, that is outside of your knowledge. But therefore, we say be magnified, be exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father Lord, we start this meeting in the name of the Father, Amen. in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. But I pray, O oh God, that you be with us. And oh Lord, your truth will remain manifest in our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Individually bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Collectively be with us and bless us abundantly in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. I welcome everyone of us to today's um, first edition of the physical LTT program, the Let's Talk Fruit. And I really, really hope that each of us in this program, each of us in this program, we are going to be very much blessed by the truth that is going to be shared. Remember, it is let's talk about truth. Let's talk the truth. So everything that is here is going, everything that is going to be said here is going to be the truth. And therefore, I want us to connect, to let our hearts be connected to God. Be connected to God, be connected to the source of truth, be connected to the spirit of truth, be connected to God Himself. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, once we recognize new um, timers, first timers, which actually is um, everybody. <laughs> um, okay, I recognize the presence of uh, people that are coming, that are attending for the first time. I'm seeing some of, um, some of the people that I didn't see last week. I um, welcome you, Ma Osa. Um, okay, um, Mrs. Abagnija, you're welcome, Ma. You're welcome, Ma. Can you hear me? Oh, maybe, maybe she's not um, listening. Okay, so welcome and first timers. I can hear you. Okay, yes, yes. We are very much glad to have you, mommy. Thank you for joining. <laughs> um, so, and I believe that today you'll be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, and also I want to encourage us that we should share to our friends. Of course, when you learn something, when you have a source, a fountain where you benefit from, you'll be glad to share it with others. And that is why we are good. We are so. It is. It is just a convention. Like it's the normal thing that as you have been, as you have been fed, as you have been blessed, you also bless others. God will help us in Jesus' name. So I'm stating the purpose of this gathering. Some people are wondering why are we gathering together? Like what is the essence? Why are we having LTT programs every Friday by 5 p.m.? Why are we having this particular program? And the reason is this. Christian, Christian apologetics is providing the defense of Christianity. It's providing the defense of what we believe and why we believe what we believe. At ETT, our goal is to express this, this defense to convince non-Christians and strengthen the believers more in the faith. And so during this session, I want to encourage you to drop your questions in the chat box whether it is um, questions pertaining to the subject matter which we're going to be discussing today or questions, just random questions that have been plaguing your mind, please do well to drop it in the chat box. And I pray that the Lord himself will answer your questions in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
So we are going into the subject matter now. Please welcome, join me in welcoming the Christian apologetics Caleb Oladekyo to give us the message from the Lord. You're welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Um, praise the Lord. Um, I want to welcome all of us to the meeting today. And um, the message is going to come from the Lord, not from me, actually. Um, our goal before we go into the meeting for starting the session like this on Fridays is simply to have people grounded, grounded in the truth. You see, these days, the truth is being mutilated. Um, people don't even know what to do any longer. People don't even know whether it is right to do this, it is wrong to do this, because too many church biases. This church allows this one, this other church does not allow it. So what is actually the middle ground? So that's what we are providing in ETT. That middle ground of the, of the scriptures that is not biased to this church or that church, but what the Lord says about that subject matter. And that is it. And as we do that, we try to bring people from their belief and we respect everybody's worldview. The Muslim has points that they are right. All right? The Buddhist has areas that they are right. The Christian has areas that they are right. But the worldview of Christianity claims to be exclusive, claims to be unique. Why does it claim to be unique? What are the points that makes it unique? Those are what we discuss here. And to also help believers to understand being grounded, being grounded with knowledge and with the truth of God. Father, we thank you for this evening. As we discuss on your word, I pray that you will lead us to the truth. Amen. And I pray for every listener and every place that this word is going to be disseminated or played. Lord, let them be grounded. Amen. Let your spirit breathe on the truth. Amen. And for every question today, I pray that you will expound to us and you will give us answers that will be from you in Jesus' name. Amen. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. Okay, um, last week we started a topic and it is that topic I want to do the part two today. I was thinking we were going to continue with a different topic, but I still feel we didn't exhaust the whole um, idea. Um, you know, I started last week on the topic, when we define, right? You can actually extend the topic and call it what happens when we do the definition. What's a definition? A definition is a statement that talks about the limits of something. A definition is a, is a, is a statement that expresses a limit. You know, in the academics, um, I got to know that when you are, when they ask you, um, what is this, you are advised not to define. Why did they say don't define? Because when you define, you limit the expression of knowledge for that particular yeah. subject, subject, subject matter. Mm -hmm. So when you define, you are giving a closed perspective on that subject. So you advise that don't define. Instead of defining, just do what? Describe. Just describe. Now, what's a definition? A definition is a statement that expresses assertion. When you assert something, for instance, someone comes to you and say, 
what do you believe, um, or should I say, what is evil? And you say, evil is when somebody kills somebody else's child. Oh, that's a definition of evil. That's a definition. So a definition is a statement that shows assertion. You are asserting. Now, the topic we are treating today is what happens when we, human beings, do the definition. The reason is this, because there's another kind of definition that is from God. God has a definition. If you ask God what is evil, his, his answer may be completely different from our own definition because he lives in different you know, levels and perspectives than ours. So the idea is this, what happens when we do the definition? Let's talk about marriage. What happens when human beings define marriage? What happens when we define, you know, career? And today, what we have seen is this, human beings have been doing a lot of definition. We have been defining. We are the one that tells ourselves how we want things to be done. We are the one that tells, you know, that tell our children what kind of clothes we want them to wear. We are the ones that tell singles what kind, what they should look out for. We tell them if you want to marry someone, you know, determine this, determine that, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. We do the definition. And what have we seen in our world? I'm going to read from Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Actually, we read it last week, but I'll read it again. Actually, I'll read from verse 20. I'm not reading the scriptures because... I am being biased into Christianity. No, I'm reading it because there is a there is a punchline I want you to get in it. You know, there's that there are sometimes that that the Bible speaks and the way it throws the stone, it will hit the exact space that you want it to hit, and that's among the powers of the scriptures. Verse twenty says Romans chapter one verse twenty. Please, for those who may be using other versions of the of the scriptures, I we we use KJV here. And I will tell you why I use KJV. Specifically, this Romans chapter 1 in NIV, it has been mutilated. It has been mutilated. The way I'm reading it now is not the way NIV puts it. And you can compare and see why I made my choice to use KJV. For the invincible things of him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. I want you to notice the contrast that Paul is trying to draw. How can the invisible things be clearly seen? I read on. Being understood by the things that are made. What is this trying to, to talk about? The invisible things of God, the deep things of God, the depths of God were made visible by the things that are made. That is, God reveals himself to us by the things which are made. It says, even his eternal power and the Godhead, Paul, you are saying deep things. Godhead is deep. Creation is deep. Invisible things, these are deep things. How do man find the will of God through the things that are made? It says, so that they, that is we ourselves, are without excuse. What is Paul trying to say? That God has given the human race, God has given humanity enough evidence to show that he is God. And anyone today who proves that there is no God, ask him, what about the things that you can see? 
Don't ask him to even go and pray. Mm-hmm. Don't ask him, you know, just ask him. What about these things that are visible to you? What about these things that are that that you can see with yourself? The invisible things of God were were done, have been made manifest through the things which are seen, so that they are without excuse. What is he talk, talking about here? I go to verse 21. Because that, why did God make the invisible things to become visible? Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart were you know, became vain. Their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I'm going to stop there. Now, you see, over the years, human beings have been doing the definition. We have been doing the definition of education. Let me take career, for instance. How do human beings define career? When you tell a child, when you want to go to school, make sure that that course is very is very um, lucrative, and it is you know paying is in the market. That is what you should you should go for. When you meet with people, you hardly meet an adult that will tell you, "Come, what is purpose for life? What is what does God want you to do? Why they do the definition." They are the ones that will tell you this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Society does the definition. And imagine today the results that we have around us. Mm-hmm. We now have people that are supposed to be in something else, but they are done something else. We have lopsided careers today. Why? Because we are the ones that did the definition. When we define marriage, God said, I want marriage to be sacred. I want it to be respected. That is God's definition. But today, how do we define marriage? You see a girl, you like her, sleep with her, simple. That definition of marriage now. In fact, some people will tell you that if you get a girl and you're in a relationship with her and you have not slept with her, you're not serious. They will say you don't know what you're doing because how do you know that, 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 that she's a good girl? You'll be saying things because that, that is their definition. And what have we gotten these days? We have a lot of, you know, you know, you know, laxity, a lot of um, 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 so-called homes that were formed without a deep foundation. Whenever man goes outside of God's parameter, it is always danger. It's always problem because there is the definer. There is a creator. You see, when we buy gadgets, laptops, phones, I don't know if you do it, but I do it. The first thing I do, even no matter how small or big that phone is, I will go and read the manual. The reason I'm reading the manual is done because I don't know how to use a phone, but because there are some features that are embedded in it that only the manufacturer will know that those features are there. If you don't read the manual, you cannot, you totally explore the features of that gadget. I've tried it several times. 
that's why you see people. By the time you see them buy a new phone these days, they'll just come and tell you, ah, I'm using my, my phone, I'm calling. Somebody else will come and he's doing five, ten, twenty things with that same phone. Say, ah, so my phone can do this. Ah, yes, my can do it. How do you know? Mommy, check the manual. Mm-hmm. There's a manual for our lives. And the person that has the manual is God. You see, no matter how smart we may be, you can be educated, you can be well-read. If you do not go to God for the definition of your life, you most likely will miss the point. I asked you the other time, I said, if, you, if somebody asks you to define evil, how would you define evil? If somebody asks me to define evil, you know my definition for evil is very simple. Evil is a violation of purpose. That's evil. And you wonder, whose purpose? God's purpose, of course. You see, evil is not until the person who kills a, 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 a day-old baby and you know, you know, denuded the child. That's not just evil. The person that abuses purpose is also doing evil. What we call sin is a violation of purpose. What we call, you know, somebody, you know, a broken marriage is a violation of purpose. Anything that you call wrong, right or wrong, is a function of purpose. Everything is right and everything is wrong until you bring them in context to purpose. Everything is right. Everything is wrong until you bring it in context to purpose. If there is no purpose, then there is no right or wrong. But if there is purpose, then we can define right or wrong based on that purpose. Our life as human beings should be in context of God's purpose. And we see the wrongs in our society today. We see wrong, we see lopsided marriages, we see broken homes, we see children that have become wayward because we are the ones that do the definition. There's a way God wants you to bring up a child. The Bible says, I'm going to quote it in the right, you know, the, the right language in Proverbs, bring up a child, train up a child in his own way. The child has a way. The child has a way. Discover the way. Train the child in that way that the child has been embedded. God gave a blueprint in that child. Parents are supposed to pray and find that blueprint. Then train up a child in his way. But what do we do, do, do today? We turn around. We train up the child in our own way. So whose image do they now look like? They look like us. Instead of them to look like God who created them, they look like us. You see, it is the same thing that you have around. When we do the definition, somebody says, I don't want to follow God. Yes, you would not. You don't want to follow God, but what will happen in your life? Will you be satisfied with the outcomes? People get money and at their sick bed, they are crying because they've wasted their lives. They discovered at 80, at 90, that come, it's not about money. It's not even about having a very beautiful mansion of house. They get up and then at that age, they cry on their sick bed because they've lived a lump sum of their life outside the purpose of God. If you want your life to have order, stay where God has put you. He is the originator. He is the creator. He is the one that has the blueprint. And I really want to say this. We live in a society these days that has defined everything. Remember that statement? I think it's in the scriptures where the Bible talks about the fact that you see 
the believer does not live by the law of the land. The believer lives by the law of God because the law of the land is subject to the law of God. That was the reason you can't tell, you know, you can't tell Daniel not to pray. Even though the law of the land opposes prayer at the time, David, I mean, Daniel was operating under a, a higher law. So he would pray because he's, he's a child of God, he must pray. You can't tell them not to pray. The same thing. If all the laws you follow is, I don't kill, I don't steal, I don't owe anybody, I don't do this, I, I don't fight, I don't do evil in terms of crime. If that's all of the law that you follow, you have discovered that the person will be shocked when they get to heaven. That God has a deeper law. God has a higher law. And the law of God can only be fulfilled, can only be followed when you follow God's will, when you follow his instructions. God has an instruction. Our lives, why I mentioned the law of the land, is the fact that your life should not be a product of societal pressures. Your life should not be a product of, of, of what the society calls things. This, this society has where they get their laws from. They get their laws from science, they get their laws from art, they get their laws from philosophy. You should have a law that backs, you, that backs up your life, and that's the word of God. If the word of God backs up your life, you will live according to that law, and the result that you will get will be those things that come from God's law. Society places pressure on people. Society tells us, ah, ah, uncle, they will let me marry now. You are supposed to have married now. You are supposed to, ah, what are you doing? If God has not told that person to go, and he moves under the pressure of society, he can marry wrong. He can marry wrong. The society that we live, the pressure from friends, the pressure, even the, the mere pressure of, oh, my mates are already here. My mates are already doing this. I'm supposed to also have done it. If you move in on the basis of societal pressure, you, will, you can miss it. You can miss it completely because God has order. God has instructions. And that is what we should follow. As youths, even as adults, as whatever age we are, find the purpose of God. And for those of us who are young, there is no better time to pray the prayer of purpose. I, I think I've said it before, whether here or in some other places. The most important prayer the most powerful prayer that an 18-year-old, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old person can pray is purpose. If they make that prayer point the biggest prayer point in their life, they will not make many mistakes. They will not make too many mistakes. But these days, people don't have time to pray for purpose. You hardly find youths sweating and praying for purpose. What mm-hmm. youths are sweating for these days is money. Money. Power. Money. <laughs> I want fame. money. I want power. I want fame. But purpose, you know, somebody has not discovered uh, purpose. They are praying for power. What do you want to use the power for? The power is supposed to go alongside the purpose. And somebody has not even discovered about the purpose of gold. They are asking God for money. You know, these days, somebody was telling me, um, a, um, a security personnel was sharing with me that um, um, thieves boggled somebody's shop. So as I was talking, he, I didn't even ask him for details. I was just saying, ah, wow, sorry that, you know, but he was talking himself because he knows what these people are doing. What, what did he say? He said, oh, you know, when they say, when they also get unclean money and, you know, they use it to start the business, that the people that are around them, they know where they got the money from and their friends. And so they come to also steal. So, you know, it is, it is, it, it, it is a give and take thing. It is all a violation of purpose. What is the use of comfort that you say you have and you can't sleep at night? 
You can't even laugh. You can't. You don't have the freedom. The Bible talks about it. It says, "Take my yoke." There is yoke everywhere, but take my own yoke upon me, upon upon you, and learn of me. Is now said, "Say my yoke is easy." You see, for the Lord to say something is easy, it means He knows what is hard. The Bible says the way of the wicked is hard. The hardness of the way of the wicked is the fact that they don't have the freedom of God. And it will stay in the will of God. When God defines, a lot of things happen. Great things happen. Mighty things happen. And that's why the next topic I'll be treating, because I want I want you to broadcast it is when God defined. We've treated when we define for the next for the past two weeks. The next two or I don't know how many weeks now, we are going to treat on what when God does the definition. I want to answer, uh, I want to attend to our questions. We have questions as I round off. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the time of teaching ourselves. I pray, oh Lord, this in the name of Jesus, you will expound your truth more in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we learn more, as we as we as, as we continue in the meeting, as we if, if there are questions, as we answer questions, I ask Lord that you will lead us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the answered Thank prayers. You, Jesus. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you very much, sir, for that powerful um, exhortation, for that powerful message. And um, we've learned that. The, when men define anything outside of God's parameter, they are they, that's the one way to get to disaster. So I want to ask: Does anybody have question on this subject matter or any other question at all? You can feel free to join to drop it in the message in the chat box. Drop them in the chat box. I'm waiting, Mrs. Abogunije. Do you have any questions? All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. So I think we are going to be treating some questions. Does anybody have question here? Um, Chef Biggie, sir. You have questions, sir? I have a question from verse 20 of our text. Okay. Uh, it says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Okay. Even with his eternal power and God. I, I just want to take that um, passage of the verse again. Being understood by the things that are made. Is it strange to say that it is illustrated? Is that, is that what that place is trying to say? Is he trying to say that? Trying to say that. It is illustrated. Illustrated. Oh, um, it's trying to say something else. Um, sorry, please. I I didn't really get the perspective of your question. But what I'm trying to say is that. What I'm trying to say is that. Saying physical things. Uh, yeah, things things that we can see. The the you know things that are around. Uh, just like you said, that they, they are being understood by things that are made. Uh, are are the things that are used? Uh, is, is it trying to say that it is illustration? Or the passage of the scripture is trying to say that um, 
uh, it is the expression. Okay. That's what I'm trying to, to ask. Okay. Are those things that we can see physically, are they illustrating? Or it is the real expression of, of, the, of God yeah. itself. His power is God and everything. That's what I just want to ask. Okay, thank you very much. Um, the, the, the question is, yeah. the question is um, whether the things that are made or that are seen are illustrations or they are expressions. Actually, they are both. They are both. And I, I say that because what we should understand is this. God is spirit. Alright? Yeah. That's what Jesus Christ taught us. He said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the, let me give you an instance, sir. The Bible. The physical Bible. Imagine that the word of God is not written, it's not printed. We would not be able to see the expression of God's mind. So the things that are made, the Bible is made, it's printed. Okay. The things that are seen, the Bible is physical. The Bible is not spiritual. I mean, it's not in the spiritual realm. <laughs> it is, it is, you can hold it in your, in, your, in your hand, you can touch it. Those things that you can see, mm -hmm. that you can touch, those chemistry of the human body, they are the expression of its power. Take DNA, for instance, the billions of information that a single strand of the human DNA contains. When you see it, what do you say? You say, wow, how great whoever created this must be. Mm -hmm. Science teaches us that if, you, if they should arrange all the cells in the human body, they stack them on one of them, one of them, it will go to the sun and come back. Just human being, a full-grown human, human being. And you imagine how God folded, 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 folded that, all those cells, and compressed them to who you are. You know, those are the things that are seen, the things that are made. Those things are ways for us to know that there must be an intelligent designer behind these things. That's why when somebody tells us and say, there is no God, and you ask them, okay, how was the world created? And they say, oh, the world was created by Big Bang. And you say, wow, what you are telling me is that thunder can enter the, the, the printing press and create a dictionary. And you say, no, people must come together and write a dictionary. Wow, so intelligence must create dictionary. And you are telling me that intelligence was not what created human beings. I'm not telling me that it's just Big Bang, that human beings just came out of Big Bang, just a bang. So, the things that are made, the things that are seen, look at the sky. They illustrate, they both express. So, it is both. That's what he's talking about then. He says, so that the things that are invisible, he says, for the invisible things of God are clearly seen by the things that are made, by the things that are seen. Alright, look at love. Take the power of human love, for instance. You tell me what he's talking about. I am there's no God. There's no God. Think about love. How much a man can be indicted, can be engrossed with the love of another woman. They are both human beings. And you will see the person wake up at night. I love this person. You will see the person doing I love them. The power that love possesses, the love of a mother. You know, the person will not be able to sleep at night. The power of love. All these are the things that we see. That we say, wow, who created love? 
who taught man how to love, who put the DNA of love inside of us, that now that is love. And by the time you wonder, those wonder are the things. That's why he says somewhere, he says, neither were they thankful. When we see those powerful things of God, what should we say? Glory be to God. In the highest, but those who refuse to worship that God are the ones that we are saying they throw God's truth into the dustbin. They refuse to give honor to God, even when they say that God is the one that is doing it. They give power to science. They say it is science, it is art, and all that. It's nature. But to us, no, we say it is God. God is the one that created the heavens and the earth. Hope I've answered the question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So God created the visible. To bring to us, like to bring to our memory, the hourway of the word of the invincible. God will help us to recognize these things and be thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are coming to. Oh yes, okay. okay. There's one more question. Yes, I have a question, and my question um, was stated by a post I saw online about um, the fact that. Um... Who posted it? Okay, um, Rino McCree. Um, posted it. I, I don't know when exactly, but I saw it online. He was trying to um, say that. Okay, let me just paraphrase. He was trying to say that if you forgive and um, if someone offends you and then you forgive the person and forget, you are hurting yourself because um, you, that means you've not learnt from that experience, and that's why most people tend to fall back to the same mistake in which they had made before they don't learn from experience and all of that and then he now ended this conversation with the fact that even God did not forgive Satan after he, offend, he offended him I mean Satan offended God sinned against God and then even God did not forget rather even God did not forget um, what Satan did so who are we men to forget what um, other people have done to us Alright, so although um that um later part I know that God did not forgive Satan, so he can't forget what he did. So but it got me thinking and then I was just thinking about the fact that sometimes when someone offends us, it's okay, you might actually forgive the person, but is it possible to actually forget what the person has, has done? For example, now you might you might just meet someone who has offended you before now and then just seeing the person might just tear up a memory. You might not be you might not be angry, you might not um, be set up with hunger when you see the person, but then you just remember the memory just comes to you. So my question is: Is it possible to actually forget, or is it that the person is not sanctified and there's a level of sanctification the person is supposed to obtain, or that there's another forgetting that the Bible was referring to? Although I tried to check the Bible, if there's a place, um, a passage that actually said forgive and forget, I was unable to see. But I know that the, uh, God teaches us to forget. <laughs> we should forgive our offenders and then forget. So, but is it actually possible to forget? That's my question. Thank you okay. very much. Um, I believe you are asking my perspective <laughs> on the issue of forgetting, forgiving. I know um, Reno Omokri, I respect him, he's a, YouTube, um, he's a, he's a YouTuber, an and he's an influencer, he's someone that I respect a lot, but um, I wanted to say this, please, we should be able to understand, uh, I will start by this, alright, um, 
people talk on social media. People say a lot of things. People tweet a lot of things. And I would want to warn people who talk on different perspectives, even teachers like myself, about this. Be very careful when you speak on biblical you know, concepts. Forgiveness is a Bible concept. Marriage, Bible concept, love. When you speak on Bible concepts, be sure that you are speaking out of a revelation you got from God, not from what society teaches you. For instance, society teaches that it's not possible for someone to, to live without sin. That's society. You now come out and say, even this thing is not possible. And you're talking. Be very careful when you talk. Because there are revelations of God that can counter that. But that's not where I'm going today. Forgiving and forgetting. Is it, number one, is it possible to forget somebody's offense? All right. I'm going to answer that question with a short answer and a long answer. The short answer is this, is possible. The second answer, which is the long one, is number one, forgetting, forgive and forget is a statement that we form by ourselves. Please, let us get that right. It's not in the Bible. There is no verse in the scriptures that says, thou shalt forgive and forget. No, no, but, 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 but God encourages it. Now, let me teach, let me, let me explain to us what it means. Now, you see, the problem with most of the things that we struggle with is that you can't actually remove something and leave your mind vacuum. So forgetting will be difficult if you don't find something to replace your mind with. When somebody offends you, they do you wrong. Your memory does not forget it. Your eyes have said it. You were, you were, you were hurt. Your emotions feel you felt it. And so your emotion does not forget. If you want your emotion to forget, what do you do? You replace it with good relationship. And please understand this. We are talking about a situation where somebody offends you and then comes and says, I'm sorry. I was not right. I was wrong with what I did. And then you say, okay, I forgive you. How do I forget? You forget when relationship is restored. The person who has done wrong things begins to do good things. And the good things will automatically snuff out the bad memories. It's as simple as that. If somebody has done something bad for a long time, and now they are doing something good. By the time good is repeated, evil is overcome by what? By good. It's as simple as that. That's why what Bible teaches us, apart from forgive and forgive, Bible teaches us to reconcile. Bible teaches that when you when somebody has, has offended you and you say, I forgive it, I forgive it, you should restore relationship. If you used to greet the person again, you know, before, begin to greet them again. If the person was your friend and you used to pray together and the person did something bad, but now they are believers, they have come back and you want to forget, restore that prayer, you know, that prayerfulness. As you restore the good relationship, the memory of the bad things will snuff out of you. So, but what Reno Mercury was trying to balance is the fact that when somebody <laughs> comes to steal from you, the person has not repented. The person is still a thief. You don't say, I forgive and forget. The person comes again and steals from, from on, on me again. You forget that the person is a thief, he steals from, from on, on me again. That's what Paul, um, that's what he was trying to talk, to talk about that. You should not, because of forgive and forget, you know, begin to, um, you know, act foolishly. You should not, because of that, they begin to now forget that some people are still evil and some people, there are wrong people in this, in, in this world. But the context that the Bible was talking about is when an offender 
a brother, a friend of yours, or someone that you respect has hurt you, even our parents, you know, and for parents, the children, they have done something bad, and the child comes and says, Mommy, I'm sorry, I was wrong with what I did. Don't continue to use the face of an offender to look at that child. So you forgive and you let it go. go. That's the forgetting. And the Bible now makes us understand our forgiveness is not really complete until we reconcile. You say somebody, I forgive the person. You know, some, some people say, I forgive you, no, but we're not on talking terms. I'm forgiving you, but I can never come to your house again. Ah, no, you are not forgiven. If you are forgiven, you should restore relationship. That way, the good will snuff out the evil. That's how it is done, please. So, um, somebody offends you, comes out, come back and apologize, and the person and you for forgiven. Then, how you used to do before, the things you used to do before, the, 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 the relationship that you had before, restore it. That's what God did for us through Christ. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I hope your question was answered. Yes. All right. Um, so, um, since there are no other questions, or is anybody dropping questions in chat box? Okay. Since there are no other questions, we're going to come to a conclusion. We're going to come to a close now. I appreciate everybody. We appreciate. We appreciate everybody that. Um, took time to attend today's program let's talk truth so this is a program where we talk about truth and we defend the truth of christ so i'm inviting you for next week's edition of this particular program it comes up friday next week 5 p.m friday 5 p.m we've been given a snippet of what to expect from our sub subject matter with today we talked about when we define next week we are going to talk about when god defines and so i am almost sure that everybody here is excited to hear okay what is god defining if i'm the one telling my child okay um this is the course i want you to study this is the career i want you to, to to carry on with in life and we want to know what is actually god's definition of every aspect of our life so i'm inviting you for next week's um, edition of this particular program and i also want to encourage you if you have been blessed please Invite your friends to be blessed too. It is not good for one person to add blessings. How do I put it? Introduce them to the source of your blessings, which is this program. Introduce them so that God can bless them through this program. And as you do, God will be with you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, let's just say a word of prayer. Let everyone, well, please, let's bow our heads before the Almighty God. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this evening. I thank you for how you've, you know, given out your truth to us and how you've blessed us abundantly. Let your name be praised in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father Lord, thank you because you've shown us that anytime we define, we try to define things with our own knowledge, with our own wisdom, it always ends in foolishness. It always ends in disaster. I pray, Lord, the grace to always come before you and seek your definition in every area of our lives you give unto us in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I pray also that we will be beacons of truth even to this generation in Jesus' name. Amen. For everyone represented here and their families, I pray that your presence will be with them so mightily in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let the truth always set us free in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray for it that your grace will be upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.
So thank you very much, Mrs. Abogunije. Thank you for joining, mommy. Thank you for um, Ifeoluwa John. Thank you very much. Is he around? Can you hear me, Mr. Ifeoluwa? Okay, yes, okay. So thank you very much. Don't love! Chef Biggie is beating you, yo! Don't love! God bless you! <laughs> Alright, so we hope to see you next week, please. We hope to see you next week. Thank you very much. Um, God bless everyone of us. Yes, so bye-bye. Yes, sir. And the additions begin. <laughs> Who is John Love? Uh -huh. He's my colleague. We mentioned John Love today now. We are talking Kylo. I just saw his status. Now I smoke or send the link here. See me. Okay. You now ask me that which program? Man, that's how he talks. It's not even.